Have you ever considered using your podcast to create a better email community? I know you're thinking, wait, email community? I don't think I understand that. Well, today's guest, Paul, is an incredible expert at using his email list to really connect with his audience and not just email them and sell to them, but really to create a community that lifts everyone up to engage with them, to get them to interact back. These strategies are gold. I think there was one point where I told him, I have never heard anyone use this as a strategy, and I think it is brilliant. And I've been in the online space for a very long time. <laughs> One of the strategies that Paul uses is in using giveaways to really grow his email list, but also to connect his email list with people in his community. If you decide to purchase any of Paul's courses, we highly recommend that you use our affiliate link, which you will see in the description as well as in the show notes and on our blog posts on our website. So that way you can get a discount off of his courses and get the most out of this information. This episode is going to be so good if you are looking to take your email list to the next level and really make the most of it. Please join me in welcoming Paul to the podcast. Welcome to the Listeners to Leads podcast, where we're helping podcasters launch and maintain lead generating shows. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the founder of Galati Media, a full-service podcast management agency. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything that it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create a deeper connection with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very, very excited to chat with you. So if you could start by telling everyone who you are, what you do, and about your incredible community. Yeah, thanks for having me on. My name is Paul Gowder, and I am from Lexington, South Carolina. I worked for the state of South Carolina for many years, retired recently. But during that, or actually during college, I was able to create a website called powwows.com. And over the years, I've grown that into a community. I'm also a father and husband and avid Disney fan and photographer and, and uh, you know, a few other things too. Yes. Well, first of all, congratulations on your recent retirement. I bet that is very, very exciting. So powwows, tell me a little bit more about it. When I was looking at it, I was like, wow, what an incredible space for indigenous people. This is so incredible. So let everybody know kind of what that's about. Yeah, thanks. So First, I want to tell everybody that please go and check out powwows.com. It is open for everybody. Powwows are open to the public. We want you to come and see them, be a part, you know, experience indigenous culture up close and personal. Back when I was in grad school, a long time ago in 1996, I was, you know, I loved computers growing up. So I was playing with this whole HTML thing. It was just kind of kicking off. And so I got a program and was building web pages. And I, the first two I built were really about things that I was learning about in college. One of them, and if people on video can see uh, later on, but I got Star Wars stuff behind me. So I built a website all about Star Wars toy collecting, vintage Star Wars toy collecting from my childhood. And then I, at the time, I was also just learning about powwows. Um, some friends were starting to take me to powwows. I was you know, learning how to make outfits and learning about the songs and dances. So I started sharing that stuff as well. And that took off. It, it really resonated with people and powwow people love the community aspect of being at a powwow and they wanted to experience that online and share with each other. And then it just grew from there. So I'm curious, do you have like indigenous blood in you? Was that something that you were kind of getting in touch with or was it like something that you were finding in your friendships were coming up or right. what did that kind of look like? 
So, uh, yeah, I, I am a descendant of Ancestry on my dad's side, not an enrolled member. So that was something I was just discovering mm. and, you know, learning more about that in grad school and, and just kind of uh, morphed into going to powwows and learning about that and then just took off. Wow. I love that. Being able, especially as an adult, being like, whoa, didn't know that there was so much to me. I, I think we see a lot of that with Ancestry.com and all of that right. kind of stuff, kind of getting in touch with everything that kind of makes us us, which I think is yes. really cool. So I have siblings, half siblings. <laughs> They're my siblings. I and They have <laughs> some indigenous blood in them. So I'm going to be sending them to powwows.com and letting them know, hey, awesome. why don't you go check this out? And that way they can find support in uh, in their culture, right? I think that's so important. Yes. In building this community, what did that kind of look like? I want to kind of go through some of those steps, especially you're talking 25 years ago, digital stuff, right? Like uh, a lot of people listening are like, oh yeah, wow. Some people listening are like, whoa, I wasn't even alive yet. (laughs) So like there's, there's a lot of differences to building a community then versus building a community now. What did that journey kind of look like for you? So the early days, our community was built all on forums uh, for people who were around back then. You know, it was vBulletin and other software that you could create forums and you could people could create threads and write back and forth and chat. And that's where we started. And at first it was just people in the Southeast, you know, people that I had met at powwows. That's kind of where we started. And, and it grew quickly. You know, at one point we had, you know, several hundred thousand members and we're getting millions of posts a year. Uh, it was just nuts. So that's kind of how we started. The website itself was, you know, static HTML pages. We weren't doing anything, anything dynamic or crazy in the beginning. It was really that forum that, that really drove the community and the growth of the site. Do you think that forums and conversation within communities is an important aspect of building a community. I find that, especially now, even though we are so virtually connected, there's still a a bit of a disconnect with feeling like we're part of something. Right. You know, I miss the days of forums. A, A friend of mine and I, we reminisce about it all the time. I think Facebook groups and other online communities now try to emulate that, but I don't think they have that same feeling that we had because we, you know, we made friendships and you saw everything that was posted. You could see it. It wasn't an algorithm telling you what you could see. Yep. So I wish we had that back. But nowadays, you know, I think one of the things that people miss about community building now is that they treat just their Facebook group as the community. They don't treat all aspects of their visitors as community. And so that's one of the things I, I like to tell people is if somebody comes to your website for the first time, you need to welcome them and greet them like they're part of your community. If they subscribe to your email, email is a community and people can feel a part of something bigger, even if they're not having that one-to-many relationship like a forum or a Facebook group, even though it's you talking to them, you can still have that community feeling. You have to treat everybody as part of that thing and they'll all have that sense of belonging and don't just rely on a Facebook group. I love that. I talk a lot about like, your sphere of influence of the content that you're creating, right? So just because someone is part of your Instagram community doesn't mean that they won't listen to your Facebook or they won't be on your email list. And like almost, I hate this word because I grew up in a cult, but indoctrinating people into what you're trying to encourage them to do or what kind of impact you're trying to make on their lives, right? Or whatever, that that part is so important. And I know we're seeing a lot more community I guess, platforms being built, like I'm thinking Circle is one where it is very community based and not so much algorithmic based. There's some other ones, Mighty Networks. I know that in the back end of Podia and Member Vault, I believe Member Space connects to Circle, but in those two other ones that I mentioned, they have built in 
forum-based communities. So I think that people are looking for that, right? When they're buying courses or they're buying strategies or they're buying things from people or they want to just be included in something, they want something better than an algorithm that tends to be bought, (laughs) right? Which is quite frustrating. So if someone is getting started now in building a community and they're they're like, okay, there's so many options. How in the world do I go about building a community for myself? I'm a big fan of email marketing. And I think when you're starting out, that needs to be the first thing you build. I don't think you should jump into Facebook groups or all these other things. I think you need to start with email and build that community, have those subscribers, even if it's five people, you need to engage with them, talk with them, send them emails that talk to them, that ask them questions that you reply to them. That's where you just start. And once you build that, it can grow from there. But that's the that's the basis of everything I do is email. So with that in mind, if they're like, okay, email, cool. How do I get people on my email? I mean, I've been in the online space for going on nine years now, so I know, but they might not know. So a couple of my favorite things, especially when you're starting out, I think, you know, as you're deciding what your business is and and how you're going to reach people, I think you need to, everybody talks about creating your avatar or knowing who your reader is. I, I think it's also important to know kind of what segments are your readers into, what buckets are people into, and deliver content that addresses that. So for example, on powwows.com, we have a lot of pages that welcome people to powwows, whether it's a guide for first timers, uh, frequently asked questions, or our powwow calendar. All those kind of things, we have you know, an email opt-in that will help people uh, know what to expect at their first powwow. And we even have a, a simple landing page that you know, when somebody writes me and asks me a question, I can answer the question. I say, hey, if you want to know more, please go to this landing page, sign up. We have an email series about what to expect at your first powwow. And you deliver content that they won't. You build out those sequences, whatever your email program calls them, drip campaigns or whatever, but you build out that content and you deliver to all your different segments. That's how I think you start. And then when you have an opt-in on your page that is targeted for what the reader is looking for, then you're going to get those signups. I think the downloadables and the, you know, the free PDFs and all that stuff is great, but it has to be tailored to what they're looking for. It can be the best free ebook in the world, but if it doesn't answer the question that they came to you for, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I was recently talking to a business friend and it's so easy to see things when you're not in their business, right? You can see, oh, yes. well, this is a little, this is where I would expect things to go. And I was talking to her about her kind of opt-in and, and the journey that she's taking her customers on. And she was so focused on one aspect of it and this. She's a productivity coach. So she was talking about, oh, I want to really get them clear on their values because that's the baseline of being able to figure out where you need to shift your productivity to be more productive if you know your values. And I was like, yeah, but the person who's coming to you doesn't know that yet, right? They're at the point where, yes, you know values are important. And underlyingly, they probably know values are important, but they're at the point where they're drowning and they're like, I just need a reprieve. So what does that look like for them? What does that that single thing that you can kind of take them from, okay, I'm drowning to, okay, I can breathe to then let's work together. Let's go into those values later if we need to. So I think it's really important to, yes, as business owners, we know in our heads, this is what the client needs. This is what I need to give them. But they're not at that point yet. They don't know what they need. They just know this is how they feel. And so it's really important, I think, to, like you were saying, give them what they're looking for from the beginning. That way you can cater that information and it also helps you with your content, right? So you can see, oh, a lot of people are really interested in these five things. Cool. Now I know where I need to tailor my content when they're at that beginning part of the journey. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and once you can answer those questions, those are your, the first articles you write. Those are the whatever. That's the first podcast you do. The first whatever the Instagram reel. That's your content, right? And if you ask like my uh, what to expect at your first powwow, I ask the readers questions and I get responses back. And that's how I know one that they're engaging with and it answers their questions. But then I know what else they're looking for, and we can continue to deliver content based on that feedback. I love that you said that asking them to respond and say, how do you have questions? Send me an email. I'll respond to it. Or some of them on my team will respond to it. And I think that that is such an underutilized strategy for a lot of business owners because they think, here's the information, have fun, right? But it's like, whoa, whoa you got to keep that relationship going to your point of the email marketing being part of your community. Do you think that it's being used enough right now in the industry as a community builder or a marketing tool? I think there's a lot of people doing email marketing. I think there aren't a lot of people doing it as community building. I think that's where people mess up. And and that was something I didn't understand for a long time. It was a few years ago that I worked with a, an email coach at the time and we really transformed my emails. I always tell people that my emails used to look like Sunday sales papers. Not that anybody gets a Sunday paper anymore, but you, you've seen the ads, yeah. right? The paper ads. That's what my emails looked like. They were fancy. They were nice layouts. They were pretty graphics and they did okay. It was after I transformed to a text-based email and then I started actually talking to people in the email instead of showing them flashy graphics that my email marketing really took off. That's when I really found success with it. And it is about engaging your reader, being authentic in your emails. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about in the podcasting space, you want to be authentic, you want to be yourself. Well, you can do that too in writing emails. So I send a broadcast message out once a week, kind of a wrap up of here's what's going on. Here's our new articles. At the top of that email, I reserve a space where I can talk about what I did this week or what's going on with me. Um, maybe if it was a trip we just took, you know, I, I'll even talk about like my daughter just got accepted into the Disney college program. I put that in the email, right? And I tell people, Hey, we're really excited. My daughter here moved to Florida and work for Disney world. That's really cool. Right. And I put that kind of stuff in the intro of the email. Again, it's just a way to engage, be yourself with them. And I don't think enough people are doing that with email marketing. I'm thinking about like, the emails, especially, I mean, when we're recording this, we're coming off of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, yep. Small Business Saturday, all of that fun stuff. And I'm sure everybody like myself got a ton of emails that they just skimmed through and kept it moving. And what you're describing is really taking it to another level. It's not just being like, well, here's my sales email that my copywriter wrote, slap it on there and have fun with it. Yep. You're talking about telling stories and sharing almost vulnerable parts of yourself and your journey as a human being that allows your reader, right? And we talk about this in podcasting too, your listener, to feel connected to you on a deeper level. And so someone can say, oh, me too, or oh, I wish that was happening, or oh, that sounds like so much fun. And I don't, I agree, I don't think enough people are doing that in their email marketing. I don't, think that it's being utilized, especially for those small businesses. This is a very simple and very free way to make your emails stand out in a world full of emails, right? Right. This is all relationship business, right? You've got to use email to build the relationship. I love when I get somebody that does reply to an email and I'm able to then talk to them some more. It's great. The other thing I love about you asking, going back to the question about how to grow your email list, I've run a lot of giveaways too. And so right now we have a, 
our big one for Native American Heritage Month going on. And even while we've been on this call, I've got nine more emails responding to things I've done in the giveaway. It's awesome. That That is how you can interact with your audience. And instead of them being a passive, just skimmer of your emails, it's going to be people who now look forward to reading it each week. Yes. Are there any other tips, tricks, or things that you're doing within that email that is you're finding is really working right now, especially with everybody getting yeah. emails? Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I do, and I think this is important for anybody that has a podcast or you're doing a blog or whatever, if you have more than 10 pieces of content, I think you need to do something in your email to send people to your back catalog, right? You have to remember that when people subscribe to you, they may not have read all your they probably didn't read all of your stuff. When they subscribe to your podcast, they probably didn't go back and listen to your other 30 episodes. So one of the things I do, and you can do it in a number of different ways, but every Thursday we send out an email, we call it our throwback Thursday email. And it's literally the body of the email is, Hey, here's an article you probably didn't read. Here's what it's about. Here's a link to it. And then at the top, again, that's where I reserve a spot to say, Hey, this is an article I think is really cool. Here's why I think it's, it's good. And here's why I think you, are going to care about it, you, you should go check this out. And every Friday morning when I check my stats, you know, and look at what yesterday's ad revenue, all those, all those kind of things every day, every week, we see a bump on Thursday because that, those emails went out. It really does work. Again, it's another way to engage with them, but it's also a way to take all of that old stuff you have and not just rely on Google to show it to people, but use your email and send people to it. And that has been an incredible sequence for me. We redo it every year. You know, we take we found out what our top ones were and we redo the, so I just, we just built the one for 2024. We have 52 e new emails that are sending out now. I love that so much because you're talking about streamlining a process, making it super easy and super simple and not reinventing the wheel, right? You're not, yeah. oh, I have to come up with 52 more pieces of content. Yes, you probably will. But this content that has already shown that it has been tried and true, that it is stuff that people are enjoying, that they like, that they're interested in. And you don't have to come up with, oh, man, what are we going to talk about this week? Like you already know. And so I love that you I mean, that's such a great, valuable and quick and easy way for people, especially if you're like me. I mean, I'm at one hundred and what, twenty five episodes at this point. Right. And there's tons of solos in there that I can use to repurpose and that I have as blog posts and say, hey, go back, listen to this episode. If you're struggling with this this week, this will help you out. Let them reply and let me know what takeaway you had from it, right? So then that adds to exactly. building yes, on yes. exactly what you said. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and on top of that, here's, you know, I know a lot of people have struggled with the time management. So this is how I do it. I have a, a virtual assistant that creates all, I, I send them a spreadsheet. Here are the 50 something emails I want you to write. They go and create all of the emails in, in my ConvertKit account. They do all the templating, build all of that. And then I just go through and add that piece at the top. That's my personal piece. It takes me, you know, maybe a, an hour or two. I, I don't do it all at one time. So I, like for, for 2024, I've done like the first 25 or 30 of them. And, and so in a couple of weeks, I'll go back and do some more just so I'm not, I'm don't just write the same thing over and over again. <laughs> So yeah, but use a virtual assistant, get all of the templated stuff done, and then you go in and add your piece on top of it. it it's great. And it, it took them a few hours, so you're going to pay 20 or 30 bucks, have it all done, and then you go back and, and do it, do your part. Yeah, I think that's a great way, especially for someone who's like, oh, I got to make it all pretty and I got to make it all. No, <laughs> you're talking very basic text space. Here you go. This is the episode. This is the title of the blog post. This is what you're going to learn reply back and let me know your big takeaway or 
I mean, you could literally just look at, okay, what was that blog post about? Which one of these 10 tips are you going to implement this week? Something like that. Keep it super simple and then get that engagement back into the back catalog of the content that you had already created, especially as we're going into the new year. So, you know, we're all looking at more ways to do better, right? For our goals, (laughs) whatever those goals are. And if your goals are email marketing and building better community, then I think then this is a really good strategic and very simple way to do that. When you said that giveaways are working for you for getting engagement back, can you go through a little bit of like what that kind of email looks like to get that response back for giveaways? Because the way I've seen it is like, oh, you just you go like this page, you get five points, like all of those um, automations and stuff like that. So I'm curious what that kind of looks like if someone is considering doing some type of giveaway and they do want to get responses back on some of maybe the items that are being gifted away. Sure. So actually I have a whole course on this. So I'm going to try to keep it simple and explain one of the ways I do it and that, that works really well and what I'm seeing right now. So in the giveaway we have for Native American Heritage Month, it is like it, once you enter, then you have other tasks you can complete to add extra entries and get more chances to win. One of the things we do is we, every time we do a major giveaway, we have an email sequence that accompanies that giveaway. For this one, you get an email every single day. And I tell, that's why we call it the Explore Native Challenge. So every day you're going to get an email that encourages you to go and do something, whether it's read an article on my site, whether it's visiting somebody's Instagram, whatever. We, we have people do that. And in that, we hide bonus codes. So even the sponsor of our Explore Native Challenge has bonus codes hidden on their website. And so I tell, I send people over there to look for it, do the scavenger hunt. And then also I'll, I'll say things like, Hey, if you want to earn today's bonus point, I need you to go and tell me what your five favorite indigenous TikTokers are. And they'll send me a list and then I send them a bonus code. Right. And so that's the way I can engage with them. It encourages them to respond to me. So in the email sequence, and this contest runs from October 15th to December 15th, it's a long one. So there's an email mm-hmm. literally every single day. So I have lots of those where I'm not just sending them to a link, but I'm asking them to go and do something and then write me back and we're able to then respond. I am obsessed with this. <laughs> I think that this is freaking brilliant. And I don't know why I have never seen anyone do it this way. But what you're talking about is not just, oh, I'm getting email responses back. You're lifting everyone up together, right? So saying, go find five indigenous TikTokers and they're probably going to then follow those people, comment on their stuff. The algorithm is then going to boost that content. Like you're not just saying, oh, this is for me and I'm getting great email responses. So then I can sell, you know, my email list to XYZ company. And yes, that's cool too. But you're talking about raising everyone up together. So uh, I'm obsessed. (laughs) You know, the best email uh, that I've had today, this week really, is it came in this morning. One of the things we did was we, you know, encouraged people. We made a Black Friday list of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Here's the native business owners we know that are running specials. Here's a list. I had one of those shop owners email me today and say, we were able to see in our Shopify stats that powwows.com sent us eight sales yesterday. I'm like, that's awesome. That's what, that's why we send all of our people to explore native challenge into those kinds of lists and send them out into the world. And it worked. I was like, oh, that's so great. You know, they got eight orders just from us. And it's really cool. Yes, I love that so much. That is so incredible. And the everybody go buy his course, obviously, <laughs> because <laughs> if you're doing giveaways, these are some great strategies. And I think that there's a lot of reciprocity in it too, right? Which is all good vibes everywhere for everyone. So I love that so much. 
where can people find you, hang out with you, get to know you, maybe join a powwow if they're inclined? What does that kind of look like? Yeah. So again, I want to encourage people to, to find a powwow near you. They happen in all 50 states and most Canadian provinces. And so you can go to powwows.com slash powwows near me. Again, going back to that's a landing page that'll get you to a list of powwows that are in your area. And they are open to the public. We'd love to have you come out and experience it. If you want to learn more about me and the courses and the coaching I do, paulgowder.com, you can connect with me there or send me an email, paul at powwows.com. I'd love to talk more and help you, like you said, level up your business, rise everybody up. That's what it's all about. You know, that's why we built a community at powwows.com is because we want everybody to be engaged. And I really do think that as we educate more people, indigenous and not, that it really does help the culture and everybody. So that's, that's what we're about. I'd love to talk more with folks. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. This has been incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.lotti. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy. 